This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. This is what I want, this is what I need, if you don't have to go, I can set you free. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to today's podcast episode. I hope that whatever you're up to today, you are having a really great day. And if you're not, I hope it passes soon for you and that you are feeling much brighter ASAP. I personally am not feeling super bright right now. If you follow along on Instagram and you're listening to this episode in real time, then you will probably know why. It is because right now I am in a lot of pain with an ulcer on my pupil technically two ulcers, I believe. Now, about a year ago, I had the same thing happen with one ulcer, same eye, uh, similar symptoms, but this one is significantly worse. It's a lot more painful. It's requiring a lot of treatment, which I'll chat about, um, but it really is just, just impeding everything right now. I'm in a lot of pain and it's a sort of pain that's kind of like reverberating down my whole body because I've got like this kind of uh, throbbing headache happening on the whole right-hand side of my head because my eye is so sore and then there's like light sensitivity. Um, I'm also kind of having to cup and cover my eye quite a lot. So then that in turn, like I think my back's compensating for my terrible posture at the moment because I'm always looking down, trying to avoid looking up and feeling dizzy. I have no depth perception, but um, anyway, I didn't even know. Like a year ago, I did not know you could get ulcers on your eye until I had that scratchy experience and ended up having to go to like an emergency clinic and they treated it and da da da. But... I'll give you the rundown. So today's Thursday, Tuesday night, business as usual. After the kids went to bed at about 8.30, I thought, oh, my right eye, my contact lens feels really scratchy and a bit irritated, which if you wear contact lenses, that's just par for the cause. Some days you'll put a lens in and for whatever reason, it just feels really annoying. It might be drying out. There might be a little tear in it, whatever it is. So I took that lens out and I popped another lens in because I am really blind without my contacts to the point where I just can't see further than about a meter and a half in front of me. Everything is blurry. I can read fine. I could take my contacts out, pick up a book and read, no problems. But anything beyond that a meter and a half, two meter kind of bubble for me is blurry as. So I popped another lens in and it was still irritated. And at about 9, 9.30, I said to Brendan, oh, I'm really worried that maybe I'm getting another ulcer on my eye, but I'm so tired. I've got my contact lens out. Maybe I'm just overreacting. I haven't been sleeping well. Hopefully it's not that. I'm just going to try and sleep. And he said to me, if you think it's an ulcer, you need to go straight to the hospital now. And I said, no, no, no. 
because sometimes I feel like if you get in your head about stuff and then you kind of go down this rabbit hole of worrying that it could be it and then you make it bigger and then before you know it you're questioning yourself like kind of um you know when you fixate on something and then all of a sudden it feels worse and worse and then you actually cause it to get worse that type of thing and so me being me I said no no I'll try and sleep anyway 10 30 p.m 11 p.m I'm in agony I'm crying I have to admit defeat I go to the emergency uh emergency department at our local hospital go through the exact same thing I just told you guys you know I think it's an ulcer this is what happened it felt scratchy I'm in a lot of pain now the pain at that point felt like a paper cut on my eye and so then when you're blinking it's irritated my eye was just watery and running getting that bit of a headache thing happening the uh, emergency room doctor there did like eye tests, pressure tests, popped dye in, had a look and said, yes, there are two ulcers on your pupil. Here is some drops. It's like a Clorsig drop and ointment. It's not too bad. I've definitely seen worse were the words of one of the doctors. I've seen worse. It's not too bad. Present to your optometrist tomorrow. So I get home at like 3 a.m. I'm exhausted, still in so much pain, but thinking, okay, it's not so bad and kind of patting myself on the back for like catching it early. And the next day I ring, optometrist says, come in in the afternoon because that's the only time they had available. I arrive and the optometrist panics straight away. She looks at my eye and she's like, you should have been treated 10 minutes ago. She's like, you're going to have to go up to the Gold Coast Hospital. That's the only hospital we have close by that has ophthalmologists and I said to her if there's anything closer to me because that's over an hour's drive away and of course kids life all of the things I asked if there's anywhere closer she rang about 10 private clinics no one could get me in we end up up at the hospital the staff there were lovely and I got to speak with an ophthalmologist who treated me she took six scrapings of it The way that she described what's going on was also really helpful for me because I haven't been able to understand what has happened in the past or why this is happening to me. I have been a contact lens wearer for the better part of 12 years. I feel quite confident in my cleanliness, in the way that I handle them. I wear daily contacts. So once I've worn them, they get binned. It's not the best, Um, like in terms of it would be better I guess cost wise if I was was wearing monthlies but I'm so paranoid about bacteria and that sort of stuff in my eyes so anyway the way she explained it to me and I know that this is probably not very interesting for a lot of you listening but for those of you who are curious and also just I think it's worth mentioning because if you have this sensation as well maybe you hearing this will be like oh I'm not going to just put it off. I'm going to go and treat it and maybe it will stop someone else's eye issue snowballing. But the way the ophthalmologist explained it to me was a contact lens suctions to the front of your eye. Just by putting your lens in and taking it out, you cause micro scratches to the barrier. But this is normal and your eye is very clever at repairing these scratches. Now, again, disclaimer, disclaimer, this is me interpreting what she said to me so I could be wrong I'm clearly not a medical uh, anything but the way I understood it was just putting your lens in and taking it out will cause micro scratches to the barrier 
And if by some chance, when one of those micro scratches happens, something like tap water or pool water or just the bacteria that exists on your skin or from your hair, if it gets into that little micro scratch in that split second because they repair very quickly, it can cause an infection. So it's gone on to cause this infected ulcer thing on the front of my eye. The ophthalmologist said I'm very lucky that it's not right in the center of my vision because then it could really impact uh, recovery and whether or not I would have full vision again. It's just below, like just out of the center. But if you look at me today, like if we were having a chat, you could see it. My eye obviously looks disgusting. Um, I look like, I don't know if you, you guys will get the reference, but there used to be this cartoon called Daria and there was a school teacher, I think the maths teacher perhaps, and he had a really small eye and then another big, really red veiny eye. I feel like I look like that guy right now, but redness and disproportions aside, you can actually see the ulcer on my pupil. So it's about a millimeter big, which is pretty significant when you think about the size of a pupil. So treatment wise, I have to be on eye drops on the hour, every hour around the clock for the 24, like it's going to be like that for three days, but so overnight. So you get the idea, 9 p.m., 10 p.m., 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, all of the times, every hour my alarm goes off and I need to put these drops in, which is just so exhausting. Like it's worse than having a newborn. Um, The hour seems to kind of go slow through the day. But then overnight, you put the drops in and it feels like you just close your eyes and then the alarm goes off again. Uh, The pro is that I'm very quick now at picking the drops up and dropping them in my eye and moving on. But I am definitely really, really exhausted. Brendan is exhausted as well because obviously the alarm goes off. He wakes up too. The original plan was he was going to put the drops in, but we realized pretty quick it was just much more efficient for me to grab them stay in bed and put them in originally they offered to well they wanted to keep me in at the hospital because it can be quite tricky to self-manage this hourly uh, regime but I really wanted to come home with the kids so I've got to do that for three days I go back to see the ophthalmologist tomorrow morning I'm hoping then we can go to two hourly overnight at least because I really like it's, it's very intense not getting any sleep as well as dealing with this headache and the pain. So that's my life right now. It's going to be a long recovery, like four to six weeks from what I understand. And just not having proper vision in one eye. I'm so grateful I've got my other eye, but my other eye is not great either. Like as I said earlier, I don't have good vision. But so my depth perception is way off having one eye that I can barely see out of, knocking things over while I'm making school lunches, finding it hard to open doors, all of those things. The house is so bright. The brightness hurts. I just kind of have to protect my eye as much as I possibly can. So that's that's what's happening for me right now, guys. Um, Fingers crossed. Like I'm just hoping that it starts to ease soon but I'm also trying to be realistic as well. So if you have any eye discomfort, go and get it treated. Do not like mess around at all with your eyes. Okay, that aside, I am still hopeful for a nice weekend. Uh, We've booked in to go and see the D&D movie tomorrow, which I will just be enjoying as an auditory experience. I'm probably going to have to quite literally bring my sleep mask to protect my eyes from all of the flashes, 
but one of the boys is obsessed with D&D and he has been counting down the days, literally counting down the days, multiple times a day until this movie is out and available. So we have booked tickets. We're going to see it straight after school tomorrow. They cannot wait. Well, one of them cannot wait. The other one's probably a little bit more excited for the movie treats and the experience rather than the actual movie, but that's what we're doing. Saturday, we are meant to catch up with some friends uh, for a beach picnic, but I'm just going to have to see how my head is feeling. And um, yeah, that's that team. Anyway, <laughs> long-winded life update and not an overly exciting one. I am in pretty good spirits, all things considered. I'm grateful that Brendan is a very funny and very caring partner because he is keeping things as light as possible. He's been really wonderful at looking after me. The boys have been great as well. And I'm just looking forward to being able to feel a bit more like my normal self. That aside, today's episode is a conversation with Monique Harding. Now, Monique shares with us during this episode why she is leaning into therapy in a different way. We talk about how sometimes with some forms of therapy, you can end up feeling like you're just stuck. You're just going over and over the same stuff or you're just really staying in the trauma. And so Monique shares her experience and also her solution, the thing that she has created, the way that she is doing therapy differently. So we do have a link in our show notes for Monique's expansion in a circle. I also wanted to share with you that Monique has also launched her own podcast since we recorded this episode. Um, And I'm really looking forward to actually jumping over and having a listen to some of her episodes. I've not done it yet because I've not done anything lately uh, other than focus on work stuff and yeah, I've just really had to kind of put the blinders on while we're focusing on rebranding. But I know Monique does have a new podcast that is called Rising Femme, F-E-M-M-E, with Monique Harding. So you can search for that wherever you listen to podcasts, Rising Femme with Monique Harding. You can find Monique on Instagram, Monique Harding underscore. Uh, And as I said, we will put the link in the show notes for her expansion circle as well. I hope that you have a brilliant weekend, whatever it is you are up to. If you're a fan of the podcast, please don't forget to take two seconds to leave a five-star review. It does really, truly matter, uh, and it's very, very helpful. So again, thank you. I hope I'll be speaking with you soon via Instagram stories and looking less like a Cyclops. (laughs) All right, team, take care, and I'll chat soon. Monique, thank you so much for making time in your busy day to have this conversation with me. I always enjoy our chats. So good to be here with you, Kylie. So tell me, you are doing therapy differently. What does this mean? <laughs> I am. Yeah, it's been a bit of a an evolution over the last few years within my, my private practice. Um, I guess to, to give everyone like a bit of an understanding of context, because I think the context piece is really important. Um, my background is probably slightly different to a typical therapist, right? Um, I came from big business working more within the organisation 
emotional psychology side of things. Um, then I had my very, very, very premature midlife crisis, um, traveled all around South America, became a yoga teacher and came back and went into my master's that way. Um, from there, have worked in more like health-based settings, so hospitals and more like clinical mental health. Really enjoyed my experience there. Uh, and my work primarily, this is important because at that point in time was within a very um, intensive uh, intensive therapy program for people who have experienced trauma. So rather than having like a high caseload of people I was working with on seeing them maybe on a, a fortnightly basis, I would see these children, these families that I was supporting very regularly throughout my week. Um, opening my own private practice, I just kind of assumed the same model as everyone else, right? Book people in, they come and see me every fortnight, every month. Um, but what I was finding is that you know, people didn't really tend to leave. <laughs> they just kind of stay with you for a really long period of time. And often people would come down, they'd sit on the couch and they'd, I'd ask them, you know, what they're wanting to focus on today. And it would be very much around, um, well, two weeks ago this happened or I wish my appointment was three weeks ago or today I'm great. However, this happened. Like it was all this really retrospective unpacking. And I think I knew at that point, that I really wanted to shake things up a bit and knowing that, you know, transformation, true transformation, sustainable transformation requires immersion. I wanted to work with people kind of more within like a coaching framework. You see it a lot in the coaching world, these like Voxer, Slack channels where you have access to people on this walkie-talkie or via text. Um, and so, yeah, I thought I'd give it a go and that's how my most recent offering, this expansion inner circle, was born. It makes so much sense and I was nodding along because I've been in and out of talk therapy forever, it feels like, Um and it's so true. If you have a long time between appointments, which is just often the nature of the beast, often that's all you can get is, you know, yeah. those staggered appointments. You do turn up to therapy and so much of what you spend your session focusing on is that unpacking. It's that catch up. It's, you know, like you sit down, you catch up and then you look at your watch and you go, oh shit, we've got 10 minutes to go. Yeah. What, what are some valuable takeaways? Or I know even for myself, I would turn up and go to therapy and some days I'd be great. And mm. it's like, oh no. And, and it almost felt like a waste of time and a waste of money. Yeah. But had it been on another day, it would have been incredibly valuable. So it sounds to me like you're doing more like an intense kind of program, taking that combination of what you did when you were working with families who were going through traumatic events in terms of lots of um, nurturing and validation and holding space for them intensely and you've mixed that with traditional talk therapy is that right yeah I kind of I label it therapeutic coaching because it, I kind of play at this intersection of I support you to make peace with your past so that you can go on and live the life of your dreams, achieve your big big goals, actually carve out your potential. It's a funny thing, therapy, right? Because often you spend a lot of time talking about the past and knowing the way that the brain works, you know, for certain people, that is really supportive. And I still fully wholeheartedly believe in the 
ability for that model of therapy to infiltrate change for a lot of people. However, for others, talking about these events, these beliefs that they hold, if you spend an hour even doing that every fortnight, that's quite reinforcing for your identity. Like at some point you've got to shift out of it, right? Yes. That's why I had to take a break from therapy because I'm like, my identity is this woman struggling with divorce. Like that's Mm -hmm. all I, because I was going weekly and it was so therapeutic and I had so many takeaways, but I did get to a point where I was like, fuck, I think this is keeping me stuck. And maybe what would serve me more would be engaging with a life coach who look at moving forward. So it sounds like it's the perfect pairing of yes, that all happened. Do you need to talk about it? What do you need to heal? But hey, lift your head up and out Mm -hmm. and looking forward. That's exactly what it is, Kylie. So um, obviously I have the therapy background, highly skilled, trained in that space. And then I went on and did some training in more of the life coaching space and I've kind of integrated the two. Um, So it's I mean, I guess the the focus is primarily on goals-based, future moving forward, designing, carving out the life that you want to live and love in. Um, However, then I'm also trained to support you through, well, what are those limiting beliefs, those blocks, those childhood wounds that are coming up and getting in the way? Because sometimes I find that with the life coaching space, they can be very behavioral. It's almost like, well, go and do X, Y, and Z. But then you come up with all of these mindset blocks and your psychology gets in the way. Um, So I really love being able to support my clients with delving into that. Um, Almost I think, well, I take the, you know, the the scenic road where necessary, but most of the time we can go on the fast route because we can kind of dip in and out of that past rather than kind of staying back there and living there. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yes, it sounds to me like it's more responsible life coaching, and I don't mean that in a derogative way towards life coaches at all. I just know for myself, sometimes people have said to me in the past, oh, you should be a life coach. And I'm like, eh, like I'm not qualified. Like I'm not qualified to hold you through any of that stuff that you that you will likely need in order to make long lasting mm. changes or to make peace with yourself. So I love this amalgamation of the two worlds. It sounds amazing. How do you encourage people to lift their heads up and look forward? How do you encourage people to connect to goals if they're finding it hard to get out of those old belief systems? Mm, Well, I think that's where the therapy background is so supportive, right? Like I have a lot of tools in my toolkit around how to channel in that future self, you know, how to connect with what I would call like your, your higher self, your best self, your healthy adult. Um, And I think to do that though, will often involve, will almost always really involve being able to 
name and connect with the parts that are getting in the way of you being able to to do so. Um, The people who I find typically struggle most with those future self visualizations, those letters to future self, where it all just tends to come back into the past past stuff, are people who perhaps haven't had the opportunity to really develop the coherent life story from their past experiences. So they're still feeling a bit stuck maybe in some of the the things that have unfolded for them in their past. And maybe they haven't had a person or a therapist or a coach who has been able to support them to hold the both end of, yes, this happened to you. This is how it has gone on to influence you. And how can we bring that part with you into this new season of life, this next season, this new growth that you are actually deeply craving because we know it came up um, in whatever exercise we were practicing in our one-on-one or in our small group session. I think that's kind of the beauty in having, I was going to say a breakdown, but that might not be the best language, but the beauty in going through something really hard, I think, is that it does often force you to have that shake up of going, oh shit, what am I doing? How am I contributing to this? And what do I actually want? Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that I'm really strongly wanted to include in um, the, the the program in which I'm working with women now is that group capacity, that sisterhood, that community, that circle, because the one, one of the things that I really struggle with in individual talk therapy is, you know, I might see nine clients a day and throughout that day, there will be some very similar conversations and that's just on one day. So imagine how many similar conversations I have throughout a year. And I will often think to myself, if only Suzanne was in here with Simone, you know, um, and then neither of those are my client names. So <laughs> just to, to clear that for the record. Um, and how impactful would that have been? You know, almost sitting outside as a bit of an outsider witness and hearing the way that I guided her through, led her through her struggle into her next steps forward to living in more alignment. And I find that with the small group sessions, it's so supportive and it makes you feel less alone, right? Like we live in such an isolated society. And I think what often keeps people stuck in their past identity or in their struggle is them feeling like their struggle is really unique when with all respect it's usually not like it's quite common that other people are navigating the same challenges the same difficulty that that you are it is so true what you said there about I mean all of it's true but especially about the part in saying that we live in an isolated society because we do, but Mm. also in our isolation, we have this little device that we pick up and we look into the world of other people's lives through the window that they choose us to like to peek Mm. into, you know, it's a curated window. We don't get to see everything that's going on. Anything that we see on social media is curated. And then that can make you feel more alone. Mm -hmm. So, I fully believe in that power of sharing stories because it does, it makes you feel seen and validated 
mm. and less foreign. And I remember when I spoke to uh, Kirsten or Kristen, Kristen, Kirsten Neff. I'm so bad with Kirsten's. Oh, Kirsten's. Yeah. My yeah. brain just can't. Self compassion lady. Yes, yeah, she's incredible. She's such a big has such a big voice um, in the self compassion space. And she said to me, like the antidote, like the thing that you need to be able to feel compassion is connection. Yeah. Like you have to understand you are a human having a human experience. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to me that one of the most valuable, like valuable uh, components of what you've created is that sisterhood connection of allowing someone else to kind of peek into your mind yeah. in an uncurated way. I think the connection piece is huge, right? Like if you look at how we work with people who are struggling with addiction, it's you provide them with connection. You know, they're linked into often faith-based organizations or communities where they can feel that sense of belonging. And so, so much of our struggle can be um, supported in order for us to, well, we can navigate through it with that connection piece, with feeling that sense of belonging, with feeling less alone. And I think the other piece to that is when you hear somebody else share vulnerably and really own their story, it kind of gives you permission to do the same, right? Whereas therapy is typically very private. It's like the vault, right? Like you go in there, your therapist can't talk about anything you said, you know that confidentiality is paramount. Um, and so it's almost like you come and you're in like your, your little secret space and then you leave. And how does that all get integrated outside too, right? Like I really believe that we need to own our wounds and shadow just as much as we own our strengths and celebrate all of the you know, positive things that that we see within ourselves. Yes, I can remember my therapist saying to me, you know, it's good that you can come here and talk about these feelings, but you also need to tell them to other people, you know. And when I was single, she said to me, like, the next person you date, you need to tell them that that's how you feel and that that's how you think. Because just coming and telling me, again, is kind of breeding this sense of we only talk about it in the dark. Like, you know, it's something only someone who is paid to know about me could could handle. Mm. Like it's not like a big dark, you know, any particular one deep dark secret or anything like that, but it was more like you have to allow people in your life to know what's going on for you Mm. because if you don't, if you only allow the one person that you pay a big fee to for 60 Mm. minutes every three weeks to know this stuff, it's going to continue to feel like something that is bad and dark and needs to be contained in that way. So I love this concept of having your sisterhood, having your group. And I mean, that's what AA is, right? Like AA, when you were saying faith-based, you know, AA is so successful because it connects people with you know, the, the same proclivity towards addiction and it's taking accountability and ownership and, you know, you get sponsors and mm. have that person that you can pick up the phone and call so that you're yeah. not ruminating on your own or that you're not going to a therapist. And it's like that 
you know, a, I think AA, from what I understand, is a real community. It's like it is. we're all connected and that's why yeah. that's why it works. Yeah. And I think the, the other thing with the small group sessions, which I love so much, is just the, the collective wisdom piece, right? You know, it's not all on me as this like teacher or mentor to have all of the answers. Like I've got a group of women in there who have all got amazing knowledge, wisdom, lived experience that can support each other through as well. And that is just so incredible to witness as a facilitator. Um, And I think coming from that more, you know, family relationship, systemic focus has always been something that I've really valued in therapy is walking alongside people rather than being the one that necessarily holds all of the the expertise. Um, Because as well, you know, you come in and you think that your problems are X and Y, and I might offer you a couple of alternative solutions or ways of thinking about them. However, someone from the other side of Australia with a totally different lived experience to you, but still enough similarity for there to be common ground, might throw a totally different thought or idea into the mix, which can sometimes be incredibly helpful. And also you hearing yourself and your experiences in other people's stories can give you different ideas, right? Like I know I find this even, I have a business mastermind that I'm part of and I'll often like be writing down things for my own business in there, listening to other people talking about theirs. Um, And I wouldn't have ever come in with that question or known that it was something I needed to take on board, but because you're listening and you're hearing it through your own lens, it gives you totally new ideas and really broadens the scope. It's like how so often we can give really great advice to someone in our life, but we're not giving that great advice to ourselves. I think, and I could be wrong, but I think it's called Solomon's Paradox maybe, where it's like, you know, you can hear someone's story and it's something you're in as well, but you're like, you know what you need to do? (laughs) But you're like, meanwhile, it's like far out. Maybe I need to take that advice. Yeah, you can't. So I can I can completely understand how listening to other people's experiences gives you insight into yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that the the small group part of it has just been such a joy and so impactful for the women who've been part of it. And the other thing that I do along the way, like it's not it's not a course, right? Like I never wanted it to be. You're coming along and here's your modules, and it like I, I don't love that kind of. Um, cookie cutter approach, unless it's something really specific in life that we're, you know, we're, we're looking at. Um, so this is very much more like a, a fluid support model with that kind of Voxer, Slack, walkie-talkie support, which, and one-on-ones as well in this kind of Zoom way. But, um, you know, I'll have conversations with women who are like mid-panic attack or they've literally just come out of a fight with their husband or they're hiding in a cupboard from their four-year-old who is having a temper tantrum meltdown. And, of course, I'm not always available in that moment right away to get back to them. However, what I do then get the privilege of hearing is the vulnerability, is the rawness, is a really realistic um yeah, really realistic experience of what they're going through rather than the three week later recount after they've kind of processed it. Yes, because, oh, I can so, like, so understand that because when I've had really bad, hard nights, it's such a different me in that Mm. moment 
to the Kylie then who shows up after she's washed her hair and she's got her makeup on and she's had three days of work. Like it's a different, it's a completely different thing. So yes, even if you can't respond in the moment, because of course you can't because you're not superwoman, but to actually just have that intel and go, hey, look, I understand I understand what was happening for you in that moment. Again, it's vulnerability. It's being seen. It's then at least admitting these shadow parts do exist. So, yeah, I I can imagine how much value you're bringing. Now, you've mentioned women. Do you work with men as well in this way or is it just women at the minute? No, just women. Um, I thought it was important for many different reasons. Um, I guess from a values perspective, I've always been really drawn to working with women. My background is sociology and there's been so much research around how when we empower women with, whether it's with businesses, with wealth, with emotional well-being, it changes generations to come. So from my perspective, I kind of think, well, they're the most bang for my buck for want of a better word that I can get. Um, and yeah, like I, I, I really value being able to, or at least, you know, considering that the work that I'm putting out into the world is having that flow on impact to communities, to society, to the kids that, that they're caring for. Massively fulfilling, I can imagine. Yeah. And I guess from a clinic perspective, that's where um, I'm still in the clinic a couple of days a week. Um, It's just significantly reduced because I've just found that this offering has been so popular, you know, people don't necessarily want to be coming to see me for the next three years. Like they, they want to sign up for six months, work really closely, intimately, speak with me a lot throughout the week, have someone there to also, you know, challenge them along the way of, because I, I, to even speak to what you were talking about before, it's often our our past experiences or blocks that our mind is looking to in a moment of high emotion as to what to do, right? And so that's where we can find ourselves being really stuck. It's like you have a, a, a triggered or activated moment and your brain goes to the past to figure out what to do next. And so sometimes the emotional intensity of a present moment is actually because of what we've been through historically. And knowing that these women have that ability to reach out to me through a channel like Voxer or like Slack then actually enables me to change the emotional experience they're having in that moment of that theme. So if the theme is rejection and they've got a whole history of rejection there, then they're being met with somebody in that moment who is giving them a corrective experience. And that's what actually changes our activations. That's what changes our triggers. Our memories and our emotions are coupled together in our hippocampus, in our brain. So we kind of need that that transformation in a close enough moment, right? Well, there's still enough emotion within us from the trigger to shift it. Yeah, so valuable because rather than staying in that activated, triggered space, you know, and it's very tempting to sort of turn to people who are going to rally around us and be like, yeah, that's that, da, 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 and amp us up mm. to actually be able to turn to someone who says, okay, this is an isolated incidence. This is what's happening at the moment, mm. but you're bringing the whole backstory to it. And a quote that a guest said to me, you know, years ago on the podcast was, if it's hysterical, yeah. it's historical. And I love, love, love that. So good. Now, in terms of our listeners being able to perhaps work with you 
to dip into this new style of therapy, what should they they do? Yeah, just reach out to me on Instagram at Monique Harding underscore. Um, If you check out the link in my bio, Expansion Inner Circle is linked there. It's got all of the information about what the program looks like, what's included. But ideally, let's just have a chat in the DMs. It's always me responding. I typically respond via voice memo because I'm a bit of a chatter. Um, But yeah, we'd love to just chat a little bit more about whether this would be an appropriate kind of format to support you with your goals. You're about to get inundated. <laughs> I, I hope so. I, we I'm we welcome women open arms. I'm going to get a message from you like, Kylie, um, because I know like this podcast has like 100,000 women listening to it every month like you're gonna get absolutely inundated one final takeaway before you run away if someone is listening right now and they're not sure where to even begin with connecting to their higher version of themselves could you share like a journal prompt or a thought exercise or a piece of wisdom on just something that they can take with them throughout the day to reflect on where they are and where they want to go Yeah, absolutely. I think a couple of things. One would be uh, write a letter to yourself in a year around what you want your life to be like, look like, who are you loving, where are you living, break it down into different areas. Um, That's a really beautiful exercise to, to anchor into in terms of, well, how different is my reality now to what I hope for? Um, And the other one would be some journal prompts around if fear wasn't in the way, how would I live my life? Or um, what does my head say versus what does my heart say? Um, Just some really simple ones to, to start to anchor into this idea of shifting into that higher version of who you were really always meant to be. Amazing. I will have all of your details in our show notes. Prepare to have so many women reach out to you. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds truly incredible and I thank you for the work that you're doing. Oh, thanks so much, Kylie. Thanks for having me. Anytime. This is what I want. This is what I need. If you don't have to go, I can set you free. Are you going? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.